This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate. Welcome to Friend of Maryland. My name is Kat Pauze, and this is a fat-friendly space. Welcome to a special compilation episode of Friend of Maryland. Instead of a brand new show this week, what you're going to get are some highlights from some of the best interviews that have been done here at Friend of Maryland over the last couple of years. Enjoy! Joining me today is Christy, who celebrates her life in a fat, queer body, never hesitating to share her love of her kids, musical theater, Disney, or her work in Fat Liberation. Christy, thank you so much for coming on Friend of Maryland. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. So, I mean, I know we just met, but like, I also love Fat Liberation and I also love musical theater and I also love Disney. So I feel like you and I are supposed to be best friends. I think we are. And your (laughs) hair is just the red. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yay. I have a new best friend. Pandemic has not been kind to my red hair. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, no, I, I, I appreciate that you know we have kind of so many overlapping things in common let's talk Disney I love Please. Disney and there's so much we can talk about like especially talking about kind of fat Disney so tell me a little bit about your mm-hmm. love of Disney um I've actually been thinking about this a lot lately because I think people can love Disney in different ways And there are those that like want to know everything about the parks and what's coming up or the movies. And I, um, Disneyland is my second home, like, or it would be if they'd let me move into the castle. Um, so Disney parks are my favorite thing. And, um, there's something about Disney magic that, um, I think I just realized this right now. Disney magic is like my spirituality. There's just something in what they can accomplish that makes me, it makes my inner child really happy. I've so. always loved Disney. I, um, I grew up on it. Like my parents, uh, a very conservative Catholic family. And so mm-hmm. I wasn't allowed to watch TV. And the mm-hmm. only things I could watch were like the movies that they had like approved for me. And that uh-huh. was almost entirely uh-huh. Disney. Um, I now much later in life <laughs> as a 40 plus year old person, I still yep. love Disney. I still yep. sing the songs to myself and enjoy the movies and, um, love and take any chance I can. If I'm going to be within like, you know, a hundred miles of a Disney park, there's nothing that's going to stop me yep. from going. Like for me, it is the happiest place on earth. 
Like it really is. is. I love those parts. They make me, they bring me such joy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The colors and the sights and the sounds. And I mean, there's routines that we follow when we're in the park. And I, I mean, we have to go on Pirates first and then you have to go on Haunted Mansion second. And I have found it to be fat friendly, which I love. Yeah, so, the actual parks themselves, as you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I have to admit, I've never lived close enough to be able to go to a park on with any kind of regularity. Um, yeah. My most recent uh, parks that I went to uh, were the two in Asia and the one in Europe when I was on a sabbatical mm-hmm. a few years ago. And I did actually pay really close attention to the fact that I could fit in all the storybook rides just fine, mm-hmm. which are my yeah. favorite rides. So I was really happy yes. about that. I could fit yes. in Pinocchio and Sleeping Beauty and Peter Pan and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I was able to fit into Pirates fine in Asia, but the one in France, like I fit, but it was like, it like, is. like, like, you know, like with yes. that bar, like I could tell I was like, yes. oh, this is, you know, yes. this is a bit not awesome. One. And of course, Pirates yeah. is such a long ride. <laughs> it is. It wasn't. Kind of- um, what I will say, though, is that like, especially the two parks that I went to in Asia, like the staff were always, and this could actually just have been a language barrier. They would, they were always really, really nice to me. Yeah. And yeah. like, I remember I wanted to ride the carousel at the Hong Kong park, but they had one of the, is it the turnstile? Is that the name for the thing yes. that you go one yes. at a time? And I, there's no way I could have fit in it, even sideways, because I'm just mm-hmm. as big sideways as I am. Um, I'm an infinity vet. And mm-hmm. so I remember like when it was my turn and I got up there, I said, I won't fit like, I, you know, so I'm not going to be able to ride. And she pointed to like the gate and the side where people, where they normally let people out. And she was Uh like, would you like to go in that way? And I was like, yes, I would. Thank you. Cause I could fit (laughs) on the carousel. I just couldn't get through that stupid. So yeah, I was impressed with my experience with them. Really, really. Yep. Yep. Same. So Disney parks for both of us then have been our say our our fun places. They've been relatively kind of fat friendly. We have to recognize though that Disney, more broadly, of course, problematic as fuck. Yep. <laughs> it's a problematic fave. Yep, <laughs> yep it is. It is. A, you I know, a along lines up. of sexism and homophobia and racism and just the cultural appropriation and yep. I mean just all of yep. the things. Um, yep, we can name it. Mm-hmm. And with fatness, with body size, there are very few fat characters in Disney, eh? Yeah. Yeah, and, and the, the, they're usually um, pro- really uh, the, the kind of like mom characters. So we've got the, what is it? What is it? Like ingenue, mother crone, like, like what the, the, the roles that women can have, quote unquote women can have. Yeah, um, according to Goldie Hawn. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they're usually the, the crone or the mom, maybe, but never like the sweet mom. You know, it's like the mom buying eggs in Beauty and the Beast or something like sometimes you'll see a background character. But other than that, we've got what Ursula? Yeah. So, I mean, for me, first and foremost, like the very first cat fat character that I was introduced to in the Disney was the the fat fairy in Sleeping Beauty. Meriwether! So the so and she's one of the few we could argue like positive, you know, because like while we love Ursula and we think her to be positive, yes. obviously yeah. she's 
she is technically the villain in the film, but so, right, and it's a really problematic movie. <laughs> so the blue, yeah, oh, as they all are, but the blue, yeah, the blue fairy in Sleeping yes! Beauty, for my memory, is the first fat character I ever saw in a Sleeping Beauty yeah. movie, and then it would have been. Yeah, like um, Ursula and Little Mermaid, and then Mrs. Potts when she becomes human mm-hmm. in Beauty and the Beast. Yep. And then, yeah, just a handful of others along the way. But one of the things that without fail is that it's very rarely, and Mrs. Potts would be the first one, Mrs. Potts is the first human that's fat. So like uh-huh. all of the other previous uh-huh. fat characters are, you know, fairies or aliens or sea witches, you know, they're definitely not who uh-huh. we as kids are supposed to identify with in any way you know right <laughs> right 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 yeah and they're always um other small features are very exaggerated very exaggerated tiny wrists tiny waists tiny necks like everything um huge eyes for some reason but yeah. Oh my gosh, I'd forgotten about the fairies. I know. She's my favorite. On my Disney Plus account, she's an option you can have for your yeah. icon. And so, yeah, she's my yeah. she's my icon because I love her so much. Um, So I think probably the one fat character that most people probably think of first, though, would be Ursula. Um, and yeah. of course, she yeah. has become not just a fat icon, but a queer, queer icon as well. Mm-hmm. There have been, you know, mm-hmm. unfortunately, a couple of instances where we've had to get kind of outraged at you know reinterpretations of when they've made ursula dolls that are quite thin and you know very kind of cis heterosexual sexy fantasy Mm -hmm. and we're like no 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 no. that that that's not who ursula is and i can't remember who's been cast in the live action is it someone we're happy about or no do you remember um, i feel like one of them was queen latifah she was for the yeah the this NBC a, which be the musical version okay. yeah but the, the one that's version. there Duh, it's musical, okay but, it's, um, it's Melissa McCarthy who's been cast in the film Melissa that they're McCarthy. making okay I mean, and if they'd done like Gilmore Girls Melissa McCarthy I'd be down yeah but, we would definitely be much happier if it was fat Melissa McCarthy than the incredibly less fat Melissa McCarthy of now I don't need funny villain Ursula. And I feel like Melissa, I mean, I love Melissa McCarthy, but I don't, I feel like she might bring some kind of comedic to it and I'm not. Yeah. Well, she's also too a very kind of slap, slapjack comedy, like very physical kind of comedy. And Ursula was always very, she's very suave Mm -hmm. and, you know, Mm -hmm. very, uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. It's not glamorous. She's very graceful. That's the word. Ursula yeah. on the film is yeah. quite graceful. So, well, it we'll is. have to watch this space and, uh, and see how that yeah. goes with that, with that casting. But if they have to fat suit up Melissa McCarthy to play Ursula. Oh, I'll be so mad if they do that. Surely they, oh, please don't. I'm just going to be God. livid. Please don't fat suit her. Please don't fat suit her. I'm sending that out into the universe. I'm sending that out. Um, any other fat faves in Disney for you? Oh my gosh, the fact that I can't think of any more oh, no, that's is okay. wrong. I totally put you on the spot. I mean, we've got Winnie the Pooh, but... Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wear a crop top and no pants, but... 
Yeah. No, I mean, gotta, you know, appreciate Winnie. Never, you know, there's no food shaming that happens there. And Winnie loves his honey and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, he gets a rumbly in his tumbly and he's good That's to go. Right. And he's happy, you know, those yep. types of things. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I, I don't think I can think of any other. I'll tell you what, anyone listening, send me your favorite fat Disney characters. Um, and then that way we can yep. come up with kind of a come up with a larger mm-hmm. a larger kind of oh, repository. Oh. oh. We've got Alice in Wonderland Queen. <gasps> queen of hearts oh god and she's so fabulous but she's another one that like the most recent iterations i've seen of like disney products that they're selling with her they've slimmed her down they've feminized her like she's high femme now um whereas she was so deliciously butch in the film um (laughs) oh we can't have nice things this is what happens we can't we can't are we staying pure disney or are we going over into pixar I think we could go a bit into Pixar, can't we? I, I think because if we go yeah. into Pixar, we we could talk Wally, and that's just like oh, you know what? I have it. never seen that. Don't see like it. I. Don't see I guess it. by the time it came out, I had a fat politic, and so the first thing I saw about it was like this is a horrific fat shaming film. And I was like, I don't need to do yeah. that to myself. So it's probably the no, one don't. of all of them that I've never seen. Yeah, and don't ever plan to because again, I don't need that. No. Don't need that in my life. Now, there's the cute fat mm-hmm. kid in Up. I don't remember his name, yes. but that kid is pretty cute, and that kid is definitely a fat kid. Why can I only remember? I can remember dog. The dog is Doug. Right. The bird is Kevin. <laughs> That's right. Russ That's, is it Russ? A fat kid in Up. Let's see what Google has to say. Oh, look at him! He's so Russell? cute. What is, is the cute? fat kid? Uh, yeah, Russell. His name Russell. is Russell. But they still Russell. have him like eating chocolate bars a whole lot. Oh, like, I mean, without without question, like while he, yeah. yeah, they they definitely play into a lot of the the fat tropes with him. Mm-hmm. Trying to think about other mm-hmm. Pixar. Oh, I can't really think of any. I mean, I know there was some yeah. like nonsense around Moana. And like mm-hmm. some of the characters in that movie where people are like, but they're fat. And it's like, have you watched the film? There's like no fat on this. Like they're like right. huge, but they're muscular, right. Right. you know, demigod right. kind of thing. Right. Like, yeah. Right. Oh, that was a beautiful movie though. Oh, I know. So good. So beautiful. I I had a friend once, most of my purses and bags are Disney of some sort and um, and, and I was, and I went out with a friend and I put my purse down and she said, huh? And I said, what? And she said, how do you reconcile your feminism with your love of Disney? <laughs> and I looked right at her and I said, I don't. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I have to reserve this like part of me for this delicious Disney magic. Yeah. You're like, and, we're allowed to like things that are problematic. Yeah. Everybody likes things that are problematic. And uh, yeah. yeah, for, for you and me, at least Disney's yep. one of those things for it's us. Thing. Yeah. Um, and I will happily. I have a lot of friends that tease me a lot about how much I like Disney. The fact Mm -hmm. that I made the decisions about where to have stopovers on my trip to Europe based on going to the Disney parks in Asia was something I was teased for quite a bit by a lot of my friends. They just don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. When I went on my honeymoon, we went to, we went to Paris and um, when it was being planned, um, 
my partner was like, well, where do you, what do you want to do? Where do you? And I was like, Disney? my only request is <laughs> my that's it. Right. That is my only request. Oh. Period. It's the only reason I went to France. Yeah. I, yeah. I had no intention of going to France during my time in Europe, but I was like, gotta go there's to Disney. A Disney park there. Yep. And um, yeah, loved it. I know yeah. Europe apparently doesn't love that park, but I loved it. I liked mm-hmm. that it was, it's the smallest of all of them. And I was able to right. do the whole park in one day yep. without yep. feeling like I had ran a marathon. Like, so I really yep. appreciated that because I only had a day to do it. So yeah, man. Mm-hmm. now we're, now we're wandering off. Um, Christy, <laughs> we're out of time. Uh, Figures. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the show and talking to me about Fat Disney. Oh my gosh. I've never gotten to do that before. This was fun. Well, I'll tell you what. The, you know we will do this again right yes. we can make this a thing where every couple of years you uh can come on the show and we can talk about fatness and disney and our Let's new thoughts and who knows i mean you know sophie sophie hagan you know let off she had such a media storm around her tweet about there needs to be a fat disney princess that yes, like maybe does. sometime in the future we will mm-hmm. actually get one it's possible oh it's possible they can model it after one of us well, I mean, I'll tell you what, like more than likely, like we will actually end up with like fat princesses that are animated, made by fat people for fat people. You know, we might not be able to get it out of something like Disney, but I bet there will yeah. be fat animators that come along and yeah, make some really delicious stuff for us to enjoy. Yeah. 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 I'm there for it. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Joining me today is Zoe, who works in sculpture and installation to critically examine the complexity of fat identity. Zoe also investigates topics including the expanding body, obsession in diet culture, medical industry in the fat body, food values, and societal confusion around food. Zoe, thank you so much for coming on Friend of Maryland. Thank you so much for having me. So I'm curious about like the sculpture and installation mm-hmm. and the work that you do around fatness. Were you a, have you always done the sculpture and installation and you turned it to fatness when that became an interest or did you come to sculpture and installation because of the interest that you had around fatness? That's a, yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so like I started in my undergrad doing a lot of work around the paranormal, which is like very far away from fatness. Awesome. Um, I know, right? (laughs) And then I was looking at doing grad school and I had taken a couple of years off in between and I was really starting to think about um, what meant the most to me, what was like always kind of on my mind. And I realized that for like my entire life, I had always been um, very conscious of myself as like a fat person and having a fat body. And that actually kind of dictated um, how I thought on a daily basis, more so than anything else, really, in terms of like interests and just um, just like the the level of um, awareness I was giving it. And so that kind of like angered me at first. It was like, wh- this is taking up all of my brain power. And for such a long time, it was about trying to become thin. Um, and then after like 
decades of that kind of realizing that that just wasn't going to happen for me and then finding fat activism and then kind of realizing that like, oh, this is a thing that I think affects everybody in some way. Fat um, bias affects everybody, either fat people or people afraid of becoming fat. And so then I decided to kind of push my art into that direction. And so then during grad school is when I really shifted focus into um, fatness and fat identity. Yeah. And did you find that the ways that you did your art and the and like the the techniques that you used and mm. the thought process and stuff did that all translate quite nicely into that transition of mm. shifting the focus or did you kind of have to learn new ways of uh, of doing installation yeah. and sculpture and stuff? That's interesting. Like I'm quite a materially focused artist, so I spend a lot of time um, playing with new materials and discovering. Uh, different ways to make material work in an art context and so I was comfortable with doing that already and it's it's more like finding a material that will will work conceptually together Um, and so I think I had that ability already but then that's where the fun really came in starting to make work about fatness because I was finding I was looking for materials that would grow and I was looking for materials that had like um kind of like warm weight to them soft squishiness um so like just really beautiful sumptuous fun materials to play with and I think that's also why making work about fatness really just kind of like settled in for me because it's such a joy to do materially as well as conceptually yeah, because one of the things that I think about is like, and I uh, let me preface this Zoe by saying mm-hmm. like I have no um, artistic craft, um, mm-hmm. creative talents, <laughs> like <laughs> none. Um, <laughs> Um, I enjoy coloring in like fat positive coloring books, stress reliever kind of thing. But I truly like, I have lots of other skills. Like I am Mm -hmm. an awesome person, but they, none of them translate into that kind of like making things in that sense kind of way. So Mm -hmm. one of the things that I was wondering about is like, I assume, and I could be really wrong because again, no experience and no education Mm -hmm. in this, but I assume that there are some basic kind of, I don't know if rules are the right word, but mm-hmm. like, like, um, kind of guidelines and stuff around like when you're sculpting, like, uh, mm-hmm. sculpting bodies, for example, like sure. these are the kinds of things you're supposed to do. And these are the kinds of things that you aren't supposed to do. Um, and so when I think about someone that sculpts like fat bodies, I wonder mm-hmm. how much of the work that they're doing actually is about going against kind of everything that they're quote unquote supposed to be doing. Like, yeah. When I color in fat positive coloring books, I get giddy over the fact that like, I'm Mm -hmm. not actually coloring outside of the lines because I am within the lines, but I appreciate that these fat bodies are spilling over the lines that most, you know, coloring books. Does that make sense? Like, now I feel like I'm family. No, this is is actually really like perfect timing for me because that's kind of, that's what I'm making my next body of work about. And it's going to be like opening in the next month or so, a new solo Mm -hmm. show. So this is super topical. Um, But yeah, I I found that as soon as I started making work about fatness and kind of like showing um, like puffy, you know, sumptuous fatness as, um, as like a, an artwork, people started to describe my work as grotesque. And I found that to be really fascinating because I think aesthetically, like I have a good aesthetic eye. I understand um, how to, how to like code different things, how to read different aesthetics. And I know that my work was not 
grotesque. I mean, sometimes I play around with that in like other stuff, but um, the works that they were referring to definitely weren't grotesque in any way. And so I started to kind of think about like why these were being coded as grotesque and realizing that it was much more about the idea of fatness versus what the objects were actually telling the person looking at them. And so I started to look at the roots of the word grotesque and how it comes from the grotto and then kind of like doing a lot of exploration into that history. And so um, what I'm making now is a giant grotto made out of um, squishy breads. And it's kind of all a metaphor for my understanding of fatness about like the language of um, bodies and how it shifts and changes over time, just like the word grotto kind of shifted and changed into our understanding of the word grotesque now. Um, and yeah, so that's, it's all, it's like quite, um, it's lots of like codes and metaphors and symbolisms, but it's all kind of playing with that idea of like, why are you so quick to label this thing grotesque when it's not actually aesthetically there? So that might be all over the place, but yeah, no, that's, what I'm uh, thinking about. that's so interesting. Like in the idea that like grotesque meaning, like mm-hmm. fat bodies can only be understood as monstrous, right? Exactly. Because yeah. we're monsters, and so therefore a monster must then be grotesque. There's actually mm-hmm. a great um, piece, I think it's Leslie Owen that wrote it, that's mm. um, like it's called Monstrous Ambivalence or Ooh. something, and it's about charting like fat identity. Like it's such a yeah. great piece. And as soon as you mm. said, as soon as you were thinking that, I was thinking monstrous, and I thought of that yeah, piece. Definitely. Um, so um, that that actually kind of you are my next question or one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was um, like the different responses that you've gotten since you've mm-hmm. shifted uh, yeah. into <laughs> to doing this and obviously you've, you've kind of shared a bit about that already. Um, yeah. Have you have you has there been positive response from like other groups or you know other yeah. others you've seen the work as well? Well, it's kind of interesting. I found that um, when I first started making this work in grad school, a lot of the faculty that I was working with were thin people, and I think it was a bit of a struggle for them. And at one point, they were even like, but we don't see you as fat. And I was like, well, oh, I, yeah. I am. <laughs> That's always the great one, eh? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I am, and, and this is really my experience, and I really am going to make work about it. So that was, like, always kind of a struggle. But then when I started doing artist talks and um, having people come to the artist talks who are also um, fat, I could see them, like, nodding along at so many points and, like, seeing um, the stuff that I was talking about really touch them. And I've had that kind of reception online as well within like the fat art community, just people really um, agreeing and getting it and feeling connection in terms of making work about this. So I feel like I've found my very supportive community and um, I haven't experienced any like hostile haters yet, but uh, I am really nervous (laughs) about that happening. I assume it's going to come uh, eventually, but for now, it's been just kind of like the mild, you know, um, white, like the very thin audience is just kind of like not necessarily understanding it from the get-go. But then, you know, they're usually pretty receptive once we begin talking about things. So, yeah. That's awesome, Zoe. Mm-hmm. Um, if there are people listening, whether they are close to you in Canada or like me down in New Zealand who like wish I could be close to you in Canada, um, where can people, like, are there places online where people can go and 
uh, see images of, of some of the work that you've done or, you know, ways that mm-hmm. they can support you even if they're not physically where you are? Yeah, totally. Um, so I have a website. It's zoeschneider.net. And then I'm also on Instagram. And my Instagram handle is from like a long, long time ago. So it's just zero, zero, zero. Wow. <laughs> and um, and then also like I should plug, there's like a really wonderful Instagram account um, called Fat Tuesday. And that's an artist based in uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia. And they're featuring fat artists every Tuesday and it's funded so we get like paid to be on it which was really phenomenal and then also there's a another Instagram account called the Artifacts Collection and they feature fat artists all the time I believe they're based in New York um, but they also do incredible uh, work around exposing you know fat artists and getting us out there and building community they've really all done incredible jobs of like building us all together and um, supporting us and just helping us find each other. Excellent. Well, Zoe, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's been really delightful to to chat with you and to learn a bit more about your work. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to another episode of Friend of Maryland. Friend of Maryland is brought to you by Manawatu People's Radio, triple nine a.m. If you'd like to contact the show with questions, comments, concerns, or suggestions for topics or guests, you can email us at Friend of Maryland at AOL.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the Kiwi Fruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favorite show.